fuck is he calling me? Hello? Hey, Mike. Sheldon. Hey, man. I'm all set up. Are you ready to record? Yeah, uh, about that. I'm actually going to have to take some time off from the show. Uh, what? What are you talking about? Well, you see, I'm very busy and important, and I was trying to find a way to make some more time during my day. Okay. So, since I spend about an hour or so, uh, an hour or so at the gym every day, I just thought I'd not go, and every few months get liposuction. You know, just remove all the fat I've accumulated. Well, that just sounds like the worst idea. No, 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 it was a good idea. I went to this plastic surgery resort in Quebec, and they used this new experimental type of fat sucking, um, but... It kind of went bad. Okay, just what do you mean by bad exactly? Well, it worked. I mean, seriously, I look super fit. I mean, I could be a porn star or even a model for ivory snow detergent. That's a weird reference. Uh, it'll make sense later in the episode. Call forward! But anyway, other than looking really good, I can now only live off human blood and drink it by shooting a spike tentacle out of a butthole I now have in my armpit and into my victims, turning them into crazed zombie-like monsters. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to say about this. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll pass in a little while. Um, I'm going to go get a rabies shot or take some Benadryl or something, and I'll be fine. Anyway, I gotta go. TTYL. Oh, oh, oh. And if you hear about a rabies epidemic in Montreal, it wasn't me. Bye. Sheldon, wait. That's, that's not good. Hmm. Where did you get the money to get liposuction anyway? <gasps> the Patreon! Son of a bitch! Welcome to episode 66 of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast, where each week we watch a horror movie suggested by one of our listeners, and we break it down into the good, the bad, and whatever category we decide to make up along the way. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we find fun or interesting. I'm your host Sheldon, and I never worked a graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to a guy that thinks an armpit butthole is actually kinda hot. My co-host Mike. When and you don't? Depends on who it is. Depends on if she shaves it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, anyone that's not seen this week's movie has no idea <laughs> what we're talking about right now. So why don't we help him out with that? Mike, please tell everybody what this week's episode's all about. Today's episode is When Canadians Attack. Because we watched Rabid. That's right. And here are some little tidbits about Rabid. Released in April of 1977, Rabbit is a Canadian horror movie written and directed by the great David Cronenberg. It has a runtime of 91 minutes, a budget of $530,000, and had a box office return of approximately $5 million. Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a 70% from critics and an audience score of 45%. Not great marks. 
But anyway, as for the plot, a young woman develops a taste for human blood after undergoing experimental plastic surgery, and her victims turn into rabid, bloodthirsty zombies who proceed to infect others, which turns into a citywide epidemic. So, Mike, before going into any details, like the way we do when we go into our breakdown, what do you think of this one? I liked it a lot better than when I saw it before. I don't remember why, but I just didn't have much of a uh, much of an idea for it. I think I was just my expectations were altered because it has Marilyn Chambers in it. Mm-hmm. Sure so does. I kind of expected certain things, and when I didn't get them, I was kind of like, "Well, what the hell am I watching this for?" But now that all that garbage is out of the way i got to see this movie in a whole new light and uh i don't know why the rating was so low i would have given it a little bit better yeah i i honestly do not agree with the 45 percent audience score my score would be closer to the uh maybe not as high but much closer to the 70 percent critic score but uh, somewhere in between i guess but yeah uh marilyn chambers Probably the only person to ever uh, parlay a job as an Ivory Snow detergent model into a porn career. <laughs> and then into a uh, legitimate actor, acting career. Hey, you, you you do not want to see what that copper tone baby's been up to. Oh, Jesus. Nothing to do with bestiality, I hope. <laughs> I, I, I really hope not. Okay, so we're going to do what we always do. We're going to break this movie down into the good and the bad. Now, this can be anything, like, for example, for the good, anything we liked, whether it was something as broad as an overall theme, uh, storyline, or something as specific as a certain character, certain actor, certain line of dialogue, certain scene, doesn't matter. Whatever it is we liked, we will talk about it, and whatever we didn't like, we'll probably talk about it in more detail. But as always, we'll start with the good, and we'll start with the Mike. So, Mike, please tell me something that you liked about Rabid. Marilyn Chambers. She is <laughs> just gorgeous. I think her acting is great. Uh, she shows her pencil eraser nipples plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... You see her breasts quite a few times during the runtime of this movie. I'm a happy boy. Yeah, she was... Probably, like, one of the more attractive women we've seen in any of the movies we've watched so far. And again, a great actress. Like, she's Not actually bad. been trained. Yeah, like, the the acting seemed pretty natural. Um, no complaints there, for sure. And, um... So, I gotta ask. After seeing this movie, did you go look up any of her porn? I did that years ago. <laughs> you were already well versed in Marilyn Chambers' earlier work. If I wasn't so damn busy today, I, you know damn well as soon as I was done writing up my notes, I was going to do that. But I kept having other things pop up, except no, for, thought, except for the one thing I wanted to pop up. I just thought you were just like looking at a box of ivory snow detergent and just going to town. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know something you'll never get clean, my soul. <laughs> My new nickname is Sudsy. <laughs> My new nickname is Suds McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, 
Okay, but anyway, we're off topic. <laughs> so, yeah, she she was definitely uh, the highlight of the movie, for sure. And, uh, yeah, even my wife had to mention it. She watched this movie with me and really liked it and mentioned before that, uh, a couple of times that, wow, she is very beautiful. So, yeah, absolutely, she was a good choice for the role. So, going into the acting, I gotta say... Um, I thought the acting came off pretty natural for everybody in this one. I mean, not a stellar cast, nothing that's going to like really stand out, but I think everyone did a fair job. Oh yeah, I've only got like one criticism in the acting and uh well that'll be in another category, but uh, yeah, pretty much almost perfect. Yeah, overall not bad. I think everyone uh was fairly good. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll leave that for another category as well. <laughs> I'll just say overall, the acting did get a passing mark. Yeah, I think you. I think I think that one asterisk that's implied in your in your tone is probably the same one as mine. Yeah, you can take that one later on. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so we'll continue with the good. Tell me something else you liked about this. Well, the um. What I loved was the uh, the hospital sentry, because apparently before we had cell phones, we just had to look out in our hospitals to see if you needed an ambulance on the open road. <laughs> That's just yeah. common sense and courtesy in Canada. Of course, like they almost needed like a guard tower or something. <laughs> oh, that would imply they're trying to stop people from escaping. Mm-hmm. This is just somebody just casually on the roof, just looking out, making sure the open roads are nice and safe. Yeah, well, I I don't know about like uh, because you, I mean, you were born and raised in Ottawa, right? So you're you're a city boy, like right from the start. Oh yeah, yeah. I come from a really small town, and let me tell you, there, <laughs> it was not uncommon to be to either walk, drive, whatever, anywhere, like just pass by people's houses in my town to see somebody like looking out your window with binoculars <laughs> it's like fuck give me something to see before i kill one of these assholes oh man it was like there was nobody had security cameras because nobody needed them like you everyone knew everyone else's business <laughs> and and nobody had like a good enough job to afford a ham radio so you couldn't just be listening to police calls of you know someone having a more exciting life than you <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that was uh, very reminiscent of my childhood to see somebody just <laughs> just like casually using binoculars to spy on other people. Okay, so I guess what I'm gonna go with next is uh, a pretty original take on like uh, on the whole you know infected patient zero type of story considering i mean this was 19 in the 1970s i mean now it's yeah the whole you know f- for lack of a better phrase the whole like type of uh, typhoid mary type of <laughs> story is kind of common or at least been done a lot but uh, i mean to come up with that in the 1970s that was pretty unique and I think, yeah, I had in my notes that Cronenberg uh, actually wrote the story, too, not just directed it. So, 
I mean, and this really plays up to Cronenberg's type of horror. You know, the whole, everything is based on biology, body horror type of thing. Yeah, and it turns out he has a a real life basis for it. He's not just some gross dude that says like I want to see I want to see shit melt on screen. Like there's an inspiration for this. Yeah, he actually did like work in the medical field, right? Or at least was getting trained in it. Yeah, he's a, he graduated in uh in in biology in the University of Toronto. He was going to become a biologist, and I guess seeing all those slides and uh, all, all that shit under the microscope of like this this nightmarish world among the monocellular, he was just like, "Why do we have to invent vampires and demons and shit? Life is fucking brutal and terrifying, and just one misplaced cell that keeps on replicating, and you just grow a fucking tail out of your teeth." <laughs> Yeah, that's why, like, all his movies are based in science and biology. I mean, just think about prions. How many people, when you get prions, they say, oh, you're fucked. And that's just a protein that just, like, is slightly misfolded. It keeps replicating, and you've got something with no cure, no treatment, and your body's just decided, I guess I'm fucking broken now. Mm Mm-hmm. So he just saw that and be like, why aren't aren't people filming this? Yeah. (laughs) We're just one chromosome away from fucking that. Real life Amityville. Absolutely. Instead of the walls bleeding, it's your eyes. Mm-hmm. All right. What else you got for the good? Speaking of, I love how this guy accurately predicted stem cells. Yeah, that's right. He labeled it as morphogenetically neutral tissue, which is amazingly accurate techno babble for stem cells. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy just wasn't fucking around. This was like a brilliant, spot-on prediction that he just assumed that we must have some sort of blank slate cell that can adapt to its surrounding tissue, like how we're born. And he fucking called it. This was in the seventies. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. That was something that uh, came up in conversation after we watched this. That. Uh... Like, I, it makes me want to go and actually see, like, what they knew about stem cell research at the time. Which, based on my understanding of what I understand about it now, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so. even if they were looking into it at the time, this had to be, like, deep insider information because people sure as hell didn't talk about it during the 80s. I barely heard about it during the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing didn't really make the news until, like, what, 10 years ago? And they were talking about, like, maybe cloning people or, uh, you know, growing ears on a, on a mouse. Within, like, the past 20 years, at least. Like, I I certainly have no idea. Not like I was keeping track or anything. But that's about the time that I remember first hearing anything about stem cells. Probably, like, within the last 15 years. Yeah. And being that this movie is, what, 40? This movie's 40 years old, isn't it? Yeah. So that's, I mean, like, that's real heads up. Yep. Cronenberg, he was on to something, man. Okay, so what about you? What's next? Um, not a lot of special effects in this movie. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say, like, I want to put it on to good because there were, I don't think that there were really any bad special effects. What was done was done well. 
cheap cutaways um, though to uh to, to to cover the lack of a budget for for more sophisticated props yeah there was uh like the ones you did see like we saw a close-up of a skin graph at the beginning it didn't look too bad oh yeah when he's like wasn't he like peeling her leg with a uh with a grafting saw yeah or a blade yep exactly that was that was gruesome that was pretty cool like to see that it like it looked good um like I said, everything else was pretty... What you saw looked good. You just didn't see very much, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, well, they couldn't... Again, Yeah, he, he wanted it to look good, but, you know, we don't have to make it look good all the time. We got a budget. We had to wait a few more years just to see, like, the full extent of Cronenberg special effects. Oh, yeah, it turns out if you give a guy with that type of sensibility a couple million dollars, you get the fly. Mm-hmm. No lack of practical effects in that one. But yeah, so I'll give them props for that. For what they had, it looked good. And the best part is you didn't even need special effects to get that sweaty, inhaling gold bloom. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like lying back like... And he's just... Well, you've seen the gifs. People yep, just like I keep posting those gifs of like shirtless have. gold bloom. <laughs> I love the one with Jurassic Park where where it shows Dr. Hammond like leaning against his belly as he's running. Oh, like the bear just said Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love that one. Okay, you got anything else for the good? Uh, remember when porn music wasn't all bass lines? <laughs> but it was actually songs that weren't bad... They just didn't get enough AM radio play. Yeah, uh, I don't they, know. They were bland. Was. They weren't great, but you know they weren't. It, it wasn't like dissonant garbage. It was just like this is stuff that was a little too light for AM radio. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, man. AM radio has some pretty light stuff on it. I know, and the and then you listen to a porn song from the seventies. It's like it has words to it. Like these are actual songs. But they're not about the fucking going on. So that goes to tell you that somebody made a song, tried to shop it around to the radio stations. They wouldn't even get play there because the people are just like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm still listening to the Carpenters and the Rankin family. We got to, you know, we got to have that level of quality. So, you know, we got nothing else. So then they hear that's like someone's like shooting a porn and you're just like, will you take my song for like 50 bucks? And they'll be like, sure. Sure, why not? Okay. Here's what I got next on my good list. Is that they didn't hide the fact that this was a Canadian movie. A lot of times a movie gets shot in Canada. uh, But they'll say that it was somewhere in the U.S. Yeah, funny how Vancouver looks just like Los Angeles. Yeah. you know. Funny how Toronto looks just like New York. Exactly. things like that but this was like Cronenberg was like no um I'm Canadian this is filmed in Canada financed by Canadians uh it's taking place in Canada we're we're filming in Quebec we're taking it's taking place in Quebec then we're moving it to Montreal and it's going to take place in Montreal so I give him props for that that was that made me smile oh indeed and to that end we get a clip with the guy watching TV, and we get to see Bud the Spud. 
The Stompin' Tom Connors Bud the Spud music video with the catch with the tomato and the potato giving each other the goo goo eyes. Oh my god. I, I gotta I'm gonna admit I had no idea what that was. Until I was doing some little bit of research this movie, looking up some info, that was when I saw the uh, little clip about Bud the Spud. I, I just wonder if Stomping Tom got any got any recognition or permission for that, or if they were just like, you know what, if it's under five seconds, we can get away with it. Yeah, fell under probably just fell under fair use rules, so... I'm pretty sure he'd yeah, be okay I, I with it. I had no like, idea. I, had, I didn't know that was a thing. I'm a little embarrassed as a as a Canadian that I did not know what Bud the Spud was. Big size French fries. How they loved potato. How they loved tomatoes. So dress them up with Heinz ketchup. Ketchup loves potatoes. Wow. Ah, oh, fuck. I grew up listening to that Heinz, song. I you... had that cassette. Heinz, give us money. I had that song on a fucking cassette. I had Stompin' Tom's hits. I remember watching that video... Uh, of him at a, at a concert. So they played the good old hockey game, Bud the Spud, Sudbury Saturday Night. Oh yeah, I was a Stompin' Tom fan. Yeah, that explains a lot, actually. Alright, so you got anything else for... The, did anything else make your good list? Oh yeah, well, more Canadian stuff. We get two Eugene Levy lookalikes. We have one guy that has Eugene Levy's face and the other guy just has his eyebrows. <laughs> It's like these two guys, like uh, Eugene Levy is a result of these two guys getting uh, caught in like a transporter accident on Star Trek. <laughs> well, before, but it was before the Brundlefly experiment when instead of like two f- things oh, getting that's fused even better. One, that's even better. It's got the Cronenberg connection. <laughs> these two guys went in and then he came out and he's like, well, I'm going to Father Serducci. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the coolest thing, I mean, it gets worse when they, when, um, when the Eugene Levy guy, when he gets attacked, he's in the hospital and his roommate's just like, Oh, Hey, do you want to go, uh, you want to go check out the things on the TV? Eh? It's like, he's fucking Doug McKenzie. <laughs> Everything here is SCTV flashbacks. Do all Canadians look and sound the same? Is there only like a mold for 40 Canadians and that's it? (laughs) Apparently so. I'm willing to bet all of our American listeners uh, feel that way. Oh my gosh. For those of you, for the Americans who don't know who Doug McKenzie is, just remember he was played by Rick Moranis. So just imagine a guy sounding like, uh, uh, fuck, what the hell is his character? Tully? Louis Tully from, from Ghostbusters, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you want to go over to my house and like, we, we, we want to come over to my apartment? We can play like Tetris or uh, Super Mario Brothers. Throw some A's in there and give them a toque. <laughs> exactly. And that's what the roommate was. And it's like, oh, you want to put on something? It's going to get cold out there, eh? I'm like, God damn it. This is where it came from. This is where the stereotype came from. I, oh my God. It, nothing bothers me more. Like, there's a lot of Canadian stereotypes that bother me. But nothing bothers me more than the whole A thing. It's like, I grew up and I always used to hear that on TV. You know, like, anytime a, Can- a Canadian was portrayed in any type of American media uh, or entertainment, it was always, oh, how's it going, eh? And I'm, like, thinking, like, 
I've never heard anybody in real life say A. Who the hell says that? No, even like even Newfoundlanders, they're just like, oh, I should go in my trunk. Oh, don't ever say that. Nobody says that. Mm, yeah, sure about that? You, I'm very sure about that. <laughs> Speaking of Newfoundlanders, uh, the male lead in this movie was from Newfoundland. Oh, the guy that looks like a middle-aged Elijah Wood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you have. I remember in your notes, middle-aged Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yeah, he was apparently, even though growing up in Newfoundland, I don't remember seeing him in anything. Apparently, he's a well-known Newfoundland actor. So, that probably means he was like in two things. <laughs> That means he was on Codco, and this hour has 22 minutes. Oh, wow. There's a lot of stuff. You just said a couple of things that none of our listeners have any idea about. <laughs> oh, it's getting a bit Canadian here, eh? So, uh, if, you anyway. want to know, if you want to know what Codco is, it's basically kids in the hall, but with, uh, but with more fish jokes. Actually, that's not a bad, that's not a bad description. It's very local comedy, we'll call it that. Okay, you got anything else for the good? Because I may be out. Oh, um, I have. I think this is the first time I've got something that is half good, and then the other half to be explained in the bad. Okay. And for the good, this is a little out of sequence, but I'm just going to say, at least the cab only exploded once. <laughs> That was a good scene, okay? I like that scene. It was, but the explosion... Come on. Anyway, um, okay, another one have, is... Yeah, go into details afterwards, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna take that scene. I love that fucking scene where the first guy that gets infected by uh, um, Hottie McBoob. I can't remember her name. But anyway, Hottie McFlatchest. The when, Carpenter's Dream. When he turns and attacks a cab driver and they crash... Get hit by a car, fly over the overpass, and they get rammed by an 18-wheeler. That was a fucking awesome scene. Come on. Well, yeah, but it ex... No, no, we're not. We're only talking about the good. We'll get into the bad later. Cars and, explode, and, Mike, okay? Only Pintos. No, all cars explode. If you hit them in the right place, like, everyone knows the gas tank flows through the sides of every car. And if a vehicle hits <laughs> them on the side, crushes the door, they explode. It's just science. I'm sorry if you don't understand it. Gas flows through a car like veins. The gas has to go everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how a car works. And, um... Yeah, impacts always cause explosions. Well, yeah, because gasoline is combustible. Come on. That's pretty much how it works, yeah. Another good is... We finally get to see her arm proboscis in action... And I, I'm going to say it, it's worth the wait. Creepy as fuck. And uh, I, I think like now's a good time for me to defend it because you'll say it's weird and it's odd. Like, what an odd place to have this weapon. But I, I got to say this as, as a good that... It guarantees that you're already in a good grip before you make your attack. 
If this thing was like a spear that came out of your arm, someone could see it come and grab your arm and, and turn it away or wrest it away from you. But if you can only launch this weapon when you've got when you're like hugging or embracing somebody, then you've already got a grapple on them and it'll be hard to break when you finally make your move. Or when somebody's trying to cup your boob. Yeah. So it's a weapon that you're already in a good position and it's hard to deflect or dodge because they never see it coming. So I mean it's odd, bizarre, I'll give you that. But tactically, it's not the worst idea. I don't know. I'm still <laughs> I'm still putting in my bad. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> An, a, another good I have was the theater logo for the uh, porn theater in Quebec, the Eve Theater, and the V is two spread spread eagle legs. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> If you were going to notice that. Like I fucking wouldn't. Come on, man. You've only you known me two years, you, but I think I make it pretty... I think I make myself pretty easy to know. You wouldn't even have to go into the theater. You could just, like, look at the sign and be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> and I finished. More money saved. <laughs> uh, the whole idea I, of a porn theater... Makes me feel so gross. Oh my god, there's few things that creep me out as much as the thought of going into this room with like a bunch of dudes just sitting around watching porn. You know that janitor has to come out with a hazmat suit. Oh god. You imagine, like, could there be possibly be anything worse than being the janitor? The guy that's got to fucking clean the floor in a porn theater. Well, at least you know now why the floors are sticky. Oh, God. <laughs> you just you just know that if a woman, for whatever reason, went to the, one of these movies and she slipped and fell on the floor, she would have to take a pregnancy test. Oh, absolutely. That would have to be the worst. Like, the only thing that even comes close is not quite as bad, but imagine um, having to be, like, uh, the, uh, the housekeeping maid uh, in, a hotel, in a hotel after Valentine's Day. Uh, that would have to be the only other thing that could be no it doesn't even come close to that no because that no because that that that's valentine's is only once a year this is every day this is your life yeah in a hotel room you pull out the sheets and you're probably good you know but like yeah every day having to go mop up uh everything from like all the leftovers from all these weirdos uh uh, but uh, about this theater, another good thing about it is the uh, the French guy in the theater, <laughs> for for a theater perv, he was pretty smooth and, dare I say, respectful. Um, that was before he started grabbing the girl's boob, right? Uh, she leaned into him, like, and she never showed any resistance or discomfort. She was into it, albeit as a trap. But, you know, he didn't... Like, he talked with her. He asked her, like, should I sit beside you? Like, he, he put the feelers out there, and she welcomed him. So he wasn't he wasn't forcing his way. Which, you know, for a guy in a porn theater, 
I was <laughs> I, I thought he was going to give a whole lot. Oh, you know, you're asking for it, you know, just by existing and being pretty. But no, he was he he was pretty into her consent. Yeah, that scene was uh, very unrealistic because let me tell you, you got all these guys in a porno theater and this ridiculously beautiful girl walks in like this, she's going to be getting a lot more attention than she did in this movie. Yeah, especially if they're just like, wait a second, didn't I crank to you last month? Ugh, God. (laughs) You know, you look a lot like I'm not her. (laughs) But you could, I'm not her. And, uh... Will you sign my box of ivory snow? And, and speaking of Marilyn's acting talent, when, whenever she's like sweating or writhing in pain and agony, all I've got writing down is like a bathroom convulsion slash sweat t-shirt contest. <laughs> yep. And hot diggity damn, she she knows how to writhe in, uh, and she knows how to writhe and moan. <laughs> She sure does. I know, like, you don't see it often in movies, or at least done where it doesn't look really, really bad. She made it look good. Mm Mm-hmm. And my final good is Jackhammer in the fucking leg. (laughs) Yes. Great scene. Loved it. Uh, I like how calm the rabid, the the crazed rabid people were at, (laughs) at the beginning of that scene, though. So well, calm they had to, that they, they had to get in close to the car, and they still have enough sense about them to to understand they can bust into this car using a jackhammer. Uh, they didn't even have to. I mean, they did. It's not like they needed the jackhammer to like gum up the locks inside. They stabbed them with a the jackhammer, and then they pulled the handle and opened the door. They could have done that at any time. Yep. They did this just to fuck with this guy's leg. Mm-hmm. They stabbed a jackhammer into the car, and you see, like, dig, 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 and breaking through the other side, and then the guy, like, screams. Oh, he had all this time to, like, unbuckle his seat and, like, just, you know, shimmy over to the passenger side, but I guess he was paralyzed with, are they going to really hit me with a fucking jackhammer? <laughs> yeah. Just that one moment of, is this really happening? Is this a moment in my life? I liked how the uh, the fucking like uh, that was the car with the uh, the uh, health official in the back, right? Yeah, the guy that was telling people. I like people how he to... just <laughs> he pulled what the driver hell? out and started eating him, and he just like hops in the driver's seat and he's just like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." <laughs> this guy is fucked. Yeah. We can't save him. We might as well just fucking let his sacrifice not be in vain. Yep. You're saying oh, he just drive away. He's like, "Your sacrifice will not go unnoticed." I know this is the same guy that was on TV. Like, you know what? Yeah, you, you just gotta shoot them in the fucking head. Yeah, like, people are gonna be appalled by what I have to say, but just shoot them. Like, we we kept them, we contained them. They died anyway, so you know, just kill them. It'll keep you safe, and you know, you, you're doing them a mercy. That scene uh, was very reminiscent of uh, Don, of uh, sorry, a Night of the Living Dead. When they're talking to the uh, the military officials, like they're being followed, and they're talking about you know how to take care, of the, how they need to take care of the infected. Indeed, yeah. So that was pretty cool. All right, so is that all we have for the good? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, into the bad. 
Okay, now I mentioned that the acting, for the most part, gets a it gets a fairly good grade. Like I thought, everybody was pretty natural, but you said there's one that you think there should be a little footnote made in that assertion. Oh yes, Tim. Oh well. Yeah, you always lead the bad, so how about you say it, and I'll let you know if it's exactly what I've got. Was it the best friend? Uh, her best friend? Yeah. No. Okay, who was it? It was when middle-aged Elijah Wood was losing his fucking shit on the phone. Oh, that, yeah, okay. (laughs) When he's just, he screamed so loud it hurt my ears, and I had my volume at a fairly middle-ranged volume. And then he just, like, pulls a conniption fit and starts wailing on the phone, smashing it into the ground, and just, like, having a full freaking meltdown. Well, you know, his girlfriend looked like Marilyn Chambers. And now she's gone, so I think that's what he was more upset about. I'll never get another girl that hot again! (laughs) Ha I'm still trying to figure out how he did in the first place, because he's not a looker. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of girls go for Elijah Wood. Do they? I imagine. Mm. I mean, he does seem pretty non-threatening, so he's got that going for him. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I'd like to see what his actual track record is. But anyway, yeah, that that was bad. Like, his acting was okay throughout the rest, but he didn't really even have a lot to say throughout the movie. It's probably for the best. I don't think his character really had that much to contribute. No, that is true. But uh, yeah, that scene wasn't good. The acting, the note I had, with the exception to the good acting, was the best friend because that uh, that seemed a bit amateurish. I, a lot of people in this movie were amateur actors. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're bad actors. But her lines seem pretty forced to me. Oh, where friends trying to leave me? She's like, "I'll be your friend. I'll just draw a bath for you." Yeah, like that. I mean, that was like our skit level acting. <laughs> I mean, what skits? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, so that definitely I didn't like her. So yeah, that's a good point. I think you made a good point of that at the end. I think I was just trying to take in the whole ending of the movie at that point, when it got to that point, so maybe I wasn't really paying that much attention to him. Pretty, I mean, when he's, like, smashing his phone into the ground, screaming at, like, just peeking my headphones, I'm pretty sure you take notice of that. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I was watching it on my phone without headphones, too, so I probably didn't notice it that much. <laughs> like oh, yeah, so you were that far away, so even if it did peak, your phone would just be like... Exactly. So, me and my damn high tolerance headphones. Yeah, really. All right, what else you got for the bad? Feeding by spooning. Until we get to see the uh, the armpit spear, it just looks like she's giving people a nice hug, mm-hmm. and then they start like. Ah! I like this though, like when she, she starts... keeps cr- and she's always lovingly cradling everything, <laughs> even a fucking cow. <laughs> yeah. She just like smiles and like leans into it, and then the you see the cow's eyes shift like. Well, I like what I loved about the first time that like her first victim, the guy in the uh, plastic surgery center, 
she's hugging him and she's just like, oh, I'm just so cold. Could you just hug me? You're so warm. And, you know, she's hugging him and he's like, okay, wow, this is weird. <laughs> like, he actually well, says it. And I'm like, it is weird. I'm so glad he said that. Yeah, and also, like, patient confidentiality. I mean, like, patient privilege, respect. Pretty sure I shouldn't be doing this and I'm really sure I shouldn't be getting hard to this. And why does my armpit hurt? Mm-hmm. Do you have a knife on you or something? While you're while you're still embracing me with both hands, yeah. Are you somehow using a knife on me? You got a knife in your pocket. You're just happy to see me. Ah, <laughs> uh, and that cow should have been fighting back. Yeah, that was I a mean, very that was a very calm cow. I walked by a cow once and it tried to kick me in the head. I walked up to a cow and it slammed me to the ground with its head. <laughs> Oh my god! So yes, yeah, so uh, that was uh, I, that was funny though. I I really like those scenes because it just seemed like so unassuming. <laughs> well, it did make sense. Like if you need to feed on blood, why not just feed on big animals that you know they got more blood than a human, so you won't end up killing them, and you know they're not going to tell anybody, so no witnesses. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed like a good deviation. Like if I need blood, like will any mammal do? I guess so. Like she was, well, she didn't because she started barfing afterwards. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be human blood. She tried. She tried her best, poor girl. Uh, Yep. She tried her breast. That, uh, that, she's, that scene too, the barn scene when uh, Reapy McPerv shows up. Oh, hey, doll. Oh, yeah. You're like naked, aren't you? Yeah. I got something for you right here. (laughs) Uh-huh. Wow! Holy shit! Oh, is that blood in your mouth? I could have blood on my mouth too. Jesus Christ, man, that was super creepy. Yeah, he was the scariest part of this movie. <laughs> the movie itself uh, is not at all scary. And how many times can you walk into a diner and just ask for half a chicken? I would love to go to a restaurant and just order half a chicken. That would be. Amazing. I mean, like don't. Like, when did they say, like, chicken sandwich or, like, a side of chicken? Whoever says, like, I'll just take, like, a fucking half a chicken? Half a barbecue chicken. I'll have three quarters of a cow. And that that setup, did you notice the kitchen setup? It looked like just, like, they just had, wasn't anything It's like the the deep fryer's in the counter. Yeah, and everything's being cooked, like, right behind the counter because the room looked like it was about, like, what, about, like, ten square feet? It's like the the whole restaurant is like the front of a Dairy Queen. And it's not even restaurant like uh, a restaurant setup. It they've got like the basic stove like you would have in the, in a kitchen and a deep uh, like a deep freeze. And yeah, it's like the front of a small town Dairy Queen. Yeah. Not even like a big brazier Dairy Queen. And I guess this guy just has a bunch of chickens prepared cuz he had his chicken in about like 2 minutes. Oh, he as soon as the guy walked in, he like dumped that thing in the fryer. Yeah, the, the whole thing looked uh, look weird. <laughs> I like how he just grabbed the guy's food and started eating it. And he's like, he starts eating it, and the guy, when he reaches over and grabs it, the guy's like, hey, pal, I think you have, I think that's mine. And he starts eating it. He's full Terrence. He's full Terrence and Phillips. I think that that's my chicken, buddy. That's my chicken, buddy. Yeah, I think that's mine. And the guy's like eating it, just ripping this chicken apart and eating it. Hey, I told you that's mine. <laughs> <And he's, he's laughs> just like, in case you didn't hear me the first time. 
He's already got And then when he, he pins he pins him against the wall. But you know, cause he's Canadian, he takes off the guy's glasses first. I'm not gonna hit a guy with glasses. He takes his glasses off and decks him. Well, yeah, you don't know how expensive those glasses are. I mean, you he needs to have his ass kicked because he's acting like a jerk, but there's no need for you to be a bigger jerk and cost this guy money. I mean, that again, that's just courtesy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that, that was a weird scene. Holy shit. That looked like uh, it could have been a scene. Like... That, that looked like it could have taken place in Newfoundland. Because I've seen some pretty questionable restaurants in Newfoundland. <laughs> oh. uh, I remember um, this was, it didn't happen in Newfoundland, but it was like a remote part of Labrador that a friend of mine had to go for like uh, a work trip. And he said he go, there was only one restaurant in this town and it was just like a small takeout. And uh, he went in there and... There was no tables, like there was no place to sit down and eat or anything like that. You just walk into this thing that was basically just a shed. Somebody had a stove and like a counter put in. (laughs) (laughs) And he just orders, he's like, "Um, I guess I'll just get a poutine. And he said he literally started cooking fries by putting like a, like an actual pot of oil on the stove, on the stove top and turning it on and dumping fries into it. the pot is the deep like, fryer. No deep fryer, just a pot of oil on the stove. That's oh, you, you, you mean in. you mean you mean the shallow fryer? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there's a lot of things. The only thing shallow, more shallow than the fryer was the gene pool. <laughs> oh man, you gotta love small towns where health standards are just like it's not on fire. Yeah. Pretty much. If I can walk inside and not, like, step on a living thing, you guess what? You pass. And if you did, we'll just fry it for you. (laughs) Okay, what are we doing? The bad. All right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go right to it and the very anticlimactic ending. So, once... Uh, Hootie McBoobs uh, figures out that, you know, like, oh, yeah, there is a problem. She's got to try to figure out what's going on. If she's actually causing infection, she does it by killing somebody, draining their blood, and waiting for them to reanimate. She says she locked the door. Yeah, but she locked the door, um, I guess. Why? And, And then never looked at the guy. Made sure to constantly be looking away and keep distracted, just in case this guy reanimates. Mm-hmm. So, he reanimates and attacks her, which I didn't think would actually happen, because, like, she's... I mean, I assume that they would be following her command like a queen. Maybe, or I guess because she's not actually, she's a carrier, but not actually infected, then, uh... She's fair game, I guess. Yeah, but you don't need to be... Nobody is immune from getting strangled with a phone cord, apparently. <laughs> nope, not... Or getting, or just getting chomped on. Yeah. And then, like, I guess I just don't know. It was just confusing. I'm that, not sure. room, that room wasn't locked well enough. It wasn't locked well enough, especially since at the end they find her body outside. Yeah, so that means he dumped her. Yeah. 
which, you know, that's for someone who is rabid with hunger and basically reduced to a sniveling simpleton, that's pretty well thought out and methodical. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that I just found that confusing. So I put that in the bad because, like, it really didn't make any sense. It was very inconsistent with what everything else that was going on with the movie. Uh, and we get going back to the scene you mentioned about the jackhammer. Like I said, like it's very inconsistent because we got that one where other people that got infected once the infection took control, they just went nuts. They were acting like a rabid animal, just attacking indiscriminately. And then you get some people like that were infected that actually had this thought process to them. Like obviously, someone remembered how to use a jackhammer. Or the doctor who asks for a cutting tool so oh, he can Jesus, so he can tap the nurse's hand like a fucking keg. Why did I not put that on my good list? I totally forgot to to uh, to write that in. Great scene. Asks for scissors, and nurse hands it to him. Grabs her hand, cuts her finger off, and for sucking on the stump. You know what? It wasn't a visual about that one, about that scene that got me. It was the sound. The sound of like scissors cutting meat. Oh my god, that was awful. Awful in a good way. I'm saying that. It was so cringy because it sounded so real. And even the delayed when when he grabs her and he starts cutting into her, like just that delay of, of her, which just like the jackhammer guy is just like, Wait a second, is this absolutely bizarre fuckery actually happening? Yeah. Is it, am I dreaming this? Is this real? Yep. I actually didn't think the doctor was going to get infected. I thought for some reason he was going to make it to the end of the movie. Oh yeah, someone has to come up with a cure. Nope, no fucking cure. Nope, no cure. Let's I, kill everybody. Again, you think in a movie like this that, you know, being patient zero that... You know, they would identify her as the cause. Even if they did find her body, they'd be like, all right, we got patient zero time to start making a uh, a cure if we can. Yep. But no, but nope. she just gets... It's like, let's just kill him. When you see somebody infected, let's just kill him. Toss him in the garbage. Toss... <laughs> we'll give her the shredder death. Yeah. <laughs> just toss her into, into the uh, garbage truck. Uh, I gotta tell you something I liked about this too. When uh, one of the infected attacks the boyfriend's car, jumps on the car, and he gets sniped. She got <laughs> one of the uh, military guys just snipes him. Then another guy comes out out of nowhere in a hazmat suit and basically performs like uh, squeegee services. <laughs> I guess they went like they don't want to like spread contamination, so they they do they do a job on his windshield. I expected him to roll down his window and give him a five. <laughs> Yeah, he just like he gets sniped, and the, the car windshield is covered in blood. And this guy comes in a hazmat suit and sprayer, sprays the car down. So, okay, you're good. <laughs> and again, this guy, you miss that shot by a by an inch. You're shattering this guy's windshield and spraying him with the blood of the infected. You fucking dumb dumb. Yeah, I guess that wasn't their concern. They just wanted to <laughs> elimination was their concern. If I can kill this guy without infecting the civilian, let's go clean his fucking car. Yeah, and so, so, let's give him, let's Simonize it while we're at it. And where was the guy with the the, the fucking bio uh, the biohazard suit? Where was he hiding anyway? <laughs> he just appears out of nowhere, like on the middle in the middle of the street. They're like the cops from Pieces. They're just they're just lying in wait for for the evil to show up. 
he's like hiding in a garbage can or something like that. Because if he's outside just walking around, you think the infected would have went after him. Oh my god. What's the Canadian version of FEMA? I don't know. FEMA? Sure, why not? It, it's FEMA with a, like a little accent on the A. Exactly. I was just going to say that. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, like, Fime has ninjas. Yep. Oh, seriously, like, he, it wouldn't have been any more, like, of a surprise if he, like, all of a sudden just dropped down out of a harness or something, like Mission Impossible style. (laughs) SWAT style, coming down the side of the building in teams. But I just love that, though, after he sprays sprays off his card and, like, just gives a little tap. Okay, you're good. (laughs) Move along. (laughs) Ah. And I guess, like, we're going to revisit my good. Was that cabbie driving a Pinto? Because the second it collides with another car in traffic, it explodes. But thankfully just once. Yeah. Because he falls off an overpass, and I'm like, oh, here comes the big explosion. And then he didn't, and I'm like, wait a second. Was this, like, an ounce of realism? Or, or did they just be like, well, all cars explode, but at least they only explode once. I don't care. I love that scene. That was a great scene. It was good. Like, you don't expect a guy to just go nuts that, like, in that manner. And when he does, like, oh, fuck, this guy becomes a driving hazard. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought he was going to, like, you know, all of a sudden shoot out some kind of tentacle out of some butthole where, you know, it's from some place that butthole shouldn't be. <laughs> I thought he would, yeah, you'd think that since he, that they were infected, that they would also be like the, like, like the predecessing organism that they would develop armpit butts. Mm-hmm. But no, they're just frothy cannibals. It's kind of a letdown, actually, but. Yeah. So I got something for my bad list, and um, I'm putting it on the bad list because I didn't, want to put it on the good list even though i do respect them for for having the balls to do these types of things a lot of movies don't Um, but it was just too too almost grounded in reality to be a what the fuck yeah and that was a baby got eaten oh yes and you don't see it you don't see the baby getting eaten it's just uh, because you do see the baby at the beginning of the movie the guy he's the one actually where it gets introduced to bud the spud and um, all you see he is... He never the, gets to learn the lyrics to that song. No, all you see is uh, later the bassinet covered in blood and then the mother attacks the father. Yeah, there's like a change basin under the changing table, which is kind of neat. But when he pulls it up, all you see is like, it's filled with like change water, which I guess it's like pre-filled for like nighttime bathing or something. I guess. Anyway, I thought the whole thing the, was kind of weird, but whatever. That thing is like like diluted blood so it's not like a whole thing full of blood because you know a full baby wouldn't have that much blood but it goes to show like that baby was like bled into that bassinet so it's like you killed the fucking baby i thought the blob was bad when they killed a (laughs) seven-year-old yeah or or a 10-year-old but no like they it's like that fucking fat bastard like i ate a baby (laughs) i thought it would have been more interesting though because that's what I expected. As soon as like it's quiet, I'm going to be like, I was thinking like, oh shit, the mother got infected or an infecting got in and killed the baby and the mother. Uh, would have been, what a surprise it would have been if like he opens the door and like the little baby is the one infected and it's like chomping on the mother. Oh yeah, Pet cemetery, just like. <laughs> <laughs> this little rabid baby just starts running around all over the place chasing the dad. 
But uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't want to put dead baby on my good list, but you know, it's... <laughs> my baby all gone. <laughs> so put it on uh, the bad, but like in a, it's bad, but in a good way, I guess. Yeah, my bad atrocity is motherfucking machine gun cop in mall. <laughs> a guy attacks a guy in a mall. And this cop comes out like he is like he is Jean fucking La Rambo, and he just takes out an MP5 and just starts spraying and praying like Schwarzenegger into the jungle. Except the jungle is the mall, and the leaves are people, and he fucking guns down Santa Claus. He killed Santa Claus. God damn it! Christmas is canceled this year because you killed motherfucking Santa. He's like, he even like blows up Christmas tree ornaments. Like, this guy is just like, all over the mall. And he nails the one guy he was looking for. And Santa's helper had to like grab a kid off the lap, off the kid's <laughs> lap and run for fucking uh, at least, cover. Uh, at least, I was going I, I wanted to say, uh, at least a hot elf didn't get shot. Oh, yeah. And at least one kid made it out alive. It would have been great, though, after he, the cop killed Santa, of all the kids there, like, just like... Dogpiled the cop. They're all pissed off because he shot Santa Claus. <laughs> They're not even infected. They're just killing them on principle. Yeah, just tear them apart. Oh. So, I don't know if I got anything else for the bad. That's like, I used up all the ones I had written down, and I can't really think of anything else that I might have missed. Because I mentioned I've only that got... there's some bad acting. Uh, a lot of things didn't make very much sense. Yeah, and in regards to not making sense, I've only got one more with uh, about the boyfriend. He discovers that his girlfriend has this weird worm thing. She's responsible for the plague. But knowing this, he runs up and he, like, gets in close and he, like, hugs her. Instead of, like, employing kicks, keeping her trapped in the room, uh, using a- attacks that create distance, like lunges... Like, anything to, like, keep her the fuck away from you after you just saw that she can, like, stab you in close quarters. Like, like no instinct to survive or, you know, contain her or knock her out and then, like, call the cops or anything. He's just screaming at her, yelling at her, and then, it, and then immediately after yelling at her, oh, we, we can fix this, we can, we can fix this. Yeah. Like, this guy's all over the place. Andy's got, like, no preservation instincts. No. You're absolutely right. Well, I mean, you know, he loved her. What can I say? Oh, yeah, but, you know, as long as you don't get turned into a frothing cannibal, you can you can find someone else. Well, I mean, like, if he did, I guess he's thinking, like, yeah, I may get turned into a frothing rabid cannibal, but at least my girlfriend's super hot. Okay, so... At least I didn't die single. Now, I I know I say at the beginning of the episodes that like we talk about the good and the bad and whatever other category we decide to just make up, but 99% of the time that category just turns out to be what the fuck. Which is just something we can't classify as good or bad. It just left us perplexed. We have no idea what was going on. I guess my only what the fuck for this one was... Um, 
I mean, is there anything more what the fuck than uh, a bio syringe that shoots out of an armpit butthole? I uh, yes, there is, and it's the bio syringe armpit butthole that has amnesia juice because no one remembers getting attacked. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's, that's what makes it worse. It's a, got a bit of a sedative as well. Yeah, you're right. It, it it's got like roofie juice. In each one, they don't remember. I had this woman in the car. Like, nobody remembers anything that could tell anybody, by the way, you should be looking for this amazingly smashing gorgeous woman who, like, escaped from the hospital. I just let her in my cab. Like, nobody remembers even meeting this girl. They're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling too good. No, you're right. Nobody actually remembers her, so... So you already you already segued into my into my first what the fuck my final well, what the fuck is the boyfriend we established like through a title that it's been a month since the accident where he flipped his bike because some guy stalled out in the middle of the road he pulls a Super Dave Osborne over the fucking car <laughs> and then she ends up getting pinned by the motorcycle which also may be a Pinto because it is now on fire. And so she requires skin grafts. That's how she gets this worm thing, by skin grafts. Skin grafts on her leg somehow give her a butthole on her arm that needs blood. Yeah, it's never really explained, like, what causes this, right? Oh, the link. I mean, like, give me something to link these things. Yeah, really. Like, there's no explanation to seeing, like, what this special treatment actually did is like, oh, she got an experimental skin graft treatment and now she's uh, an armpit butthole vampire. Stem cells don't fuck with God's work. But we, so my point is, is that like, we've established that it's been a month since the accident. The boyfriend goes to visit her at the hospital. She's still in a coma at this point. And then when he gets into the car with, some doctor the doctor bangs into the motorcycle which is still in the fucking trunk (laughs) if this thing was wrecked you would take it into the shop or leave it in your garage to be repaired it is still in his fucking car that he took to the hospital why (laughs) this thing is so huge just taking up the back seat he has disabled the, the maximum occupancy and utility of his car in his trunk so he can carry around this busted-ass motorcycle. Yeah, that's true. I guess I didn't have really noticed that. I thought they, they just probably just loaded it up in the, uh, in the, tr- in the uh, trunk when the guy was leaving the hospital. Yeah, you'd imagine that, like, somebody picked it up or, like, somebody just picked up the motorcycle, put it in the back of their truck, and towed it home. So I'd imagine he just had it home and, like, he's got time to fix it or take it into the shop, but he's left it in his fucking car. For a month. Like, there's just no fucking reason for it. I guess. I, I, I'm going to be quite honest. I didn't even really notice that. The first time I noticed it was when they... Uh, it was in the car, so... When he was taking the uh, the guy home. And I just assumed they just loaded it in the car then. Yeah, but that that was established a, as a month afterwards. Yes. So he wasn't just heading home. This was just 
Yeah, but does that mean he was carrying around carrying it around his car for a month? Yeah, that's why I put it down in the what the fuck. Like, has this guy been... Like, he's visiting her. Like, he only had, like, a broken hand, so... You know, he wouldn't be in the hospital for a whole month for a broken hand. Okay, I thought that he was there because he also had he had a broken hand, separated shoulder, which he needed to get surgery uh, to fix, and he also had a concussion. But I just thought he was just mm-hmm. in the hospital the whole time. Hmm. Maybe I missed that part. Still, <laughs> you think like somebody would have been like, just like take the motorcycle. Well, I guess you just can't drop the motorcycle in front of his house, but I thought he was visiting her. I think you're wrong, Mike. I think you're wrong. I think that he was in. I think he was in the hospital for the whole time. He was at, when we see him leave. The doctor took him home with the motorcycle in the back. That's the first time he left the hospital since the accident. Okay, maybe possible. So. Listeners, if you paid more attention than Sheldon or I, please clarify in the nope, comments. I'm going to say it right now. Fuck your what the fuck. You fucked up. I what the fucked up. You sure did. Okay, so that takes care of all the points we want to talk about in regards to the movie. But I know there's at least one more thing that you want to talk about. Oh, yes. My kill of the week. I have no idea what you're going to go with. (laughs) I know what I'm hoping you're going to go with, but I have no idea what you're actually going to go with. You know, to be honest with me writing my notes, neither did I. So this is going to be a surprise to me, too. Um, <clears throat> well, let's go over the great ones. The uh, the guy attacking the guy in the car. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they both died after they drove off a fucking overpass. If they ain't dead, they ain't happy. <laughs> and I, I really can't respect the one where she just bit a guy that was like just trying to hit on her in the lobby of an apartment and she just turns her back on him on the off chance he'll come to life and try to kill her yep lame. like that was just too stupid to respect lame. hmm i guess it has to go with the uh with that deputy that got bit earlier and he starts attacking the guys in the police station and they just have to unload on him like twice with a shotgun at mid to close range before he goes down and the parent and and the cop is just like that guy got the vaccine Mm, that shit ain't doing nobody any good it's the only one I can think of, aside from the truck driver getting mauled by his buddies after he takes out his boss. <laughs> I th- you think he'd be cheering well, him on. He took out his boss. But anyway. <laughs> what would you have Oh, picked? I totally would have went with the car crash. That was my favorite <laughs> scene from the whole movie. For me, car crash all the way. Because they got two deaths. We got the taxi driver getting... Uh, getting attacked and never attack your driver because what happens is that you cause a multi-car collision, you get flung off an overpass, and then you get hit by an 18-wheeler. I mean, you're dead at least... The taxi driver is dead three times. (laughs) That would have been mine, but, you know, 
you do your thing, Mike. <laughs> okay, well, guys, that is rabid. Uh, really want to know what people thought of this movie because obviously there is a big divide. Um, like we said about the Rotten Tomato score, it got a critic score of seventy percent. Um, audience score forty five percent, super low. I would have went somewhere in the middle around. I would have given it a six because it's it's not scary. Is not super great, but I was entertained throughout the whole movie. So, I mean, and why else do we even watch movies? It's fairly well acted, and you're going to get some luscious titties. And it's early Cronenberg. Like, it's really showing, like, you know, this is not... This is where he started. Not quite the beginning, but very close to it. So this is when he's when he's honing his craft right there, so... Not not just him, also Ivan Reitman. Yeah, Ivan, he was involved in this. Ivan Reitman was involved in this. Um, what do you think Ivan Reitman's role was in this? Uh, wasn't he also like a uh, producer? Uh, he well, not, not producer. They would be a little young for this, but I, I think he had like assistant directing, assistant assistant executive producer. I think he was the music producer. Oh, that those porn grooves. <laughs> yep. And then, what did he do in Ghostbusters? Ray getting a ghost job, so... You know, <laughs> a boo- he, oh, you he mean loved, when uh, Ray, Ray's boo job? <laughs> he got booed. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I really want to know what people thought of this movie, because, obviously, opinions vary. Um, you ha- did you agree with what we had to say about it, about what we, our likes and dislikes? Uh, did we miss some key things in the movie? Do you have a movie suggestion for us that you don't care about this one, but you want us to watch one of your picks? you got a few options to get in contact with us. First of all, you can go the old-fashioned way, of course. GraveyardShiftPod at gmail.com. Just fire an email to us right there. You can follow us on Twitter at GYS underscore HorrorPod. Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheGraveyardShiftPod. And on Instagram, Instagram.com slash TheGraveyardShiftPod. If you're feeling particularly generous, you got way too many dollars lying around or cluttering up your place, we can take them off your hands. You can go on over to www.patreon.com graveyard. There you can make a donation to help us with the upkeep and production of the show. Uh, and you get some instant gratification when you do that because for as little as a dollar a month, not only do you help at the show, but you get access to our Patreon-exclusive bonus issues. We've got a whole pile of them there for you. You can check it out. We do those a little different than we do uh, with the regular show. We'll talk about some top ten lists, some top five lists. Um, we do full synopsis of uh, some of the movies we watch. You know, not just talk about what we liked and didn't like. We break it down right from start to finish, give you every detail you need to know about the movie, and just whatever else we think. Like each month that we, uh, when we think of something we want to do, we just go for it. And, of course, nobody understands like we do that not everyone has the money to give us money. But if you still want to help us out, there's a few ways of doing that. Uh, however you're getting your show, whether it's on getting show, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, however you ingest your podcast, there's probably some kind of rating, reviewing, subscribing system there. So if you could give us a nice little review, we would certainly appreciate it. If you want to share us on social media as well, that also helps. And share us by word of mouth. If you know somebody you think would like our show, then tell them all about us. And Mike, other than the graveyard shift, what other things you have going on that aren't nearly as important? 
Well, we have the uh, Playing With Power podcast, the Nintendo Power Retrospective, where me and my friends will read a Nintendo Power magazine issue for from first to last, or until we run out of issues, from front to back. And we'll just talk about the, the letters to the editor, the articles, the interviews, the contests... The game coverage, the classified information, the challenges, all the goodies that were basically the only things that kept us informed and able to beat those old Nintendo hard games before the internet came along and gave everything for free. Yeah, imagine that, kids. Back back when we were starting off our gaming lives, like if you want to find something out about a video game, you couldn't go on the internet and find something out. You had to have a magazine subscription. And you had to spend a good three or four, and if not that, then you had to spend a good three to four weeks just hammering the game into your muscle memory. Because, fuck you, save points. <laughs> yeah, really. So yeah, check it out like that. Oh, also the uh, the taste test. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't forget about that. The taste test, which you can find uh, anywhere you find podcasts as the taste test retro gaming with flavor. It's the name for uh, good SEO, but the uh, the name of the podcast is just by itself the taste test, where me and other friends will play the old Nintendo games that we uh, mostly missed out on as kids. Due to, you know, not being super rich or being able to buy or rent all the big games. And that uh, that we finally got around to do. Alright, yeah. Yeah, certainly. If you, uh, you're a fan of old retro, game, uh, retro Nintendo games or you had a subscription to Playing With Power. Uh, sorry, Nintendo Power back in the day. You want to check those out. Great bit of nostalgia. Freaking love it, actually. And uh, also new to its own feed is Technobabble. I've told you before how you could find the uh, show, but now I'm uh, migrating it to its own feed. Small, so much easier to find, just Technobabble. But uh, there's some other shows with Technobabble, so you just look for MR Technobabble, like Mr. Technobabble. But the MR doesn't stand for Richard, it stands for Mike and Rich. Awesome. Yeah, all quality shows. Seriously, guys, like uh, if anyone, any of those sound appealing to you, check them out. You won't be disappointed. We're going to be back next week with another episode of The Graveyard Shift. Until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thanks for coming and hanging out with us. See ya. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.